And we're back with another episode of the Anarchist Experience, episode 135, aka season two, episode three, uh, coming at you podcast only. As always, I am your host, Mr. Rich E. Rich, and MC's on vacation. So here we go, uh, doing the show solo uh, this week, which means for you guys uh, that this is the latest edition of Richie Rich Reads the News, uh, because I am generally too lazy to put together a real show with real commentary uh, without MC here, because it's hard work, uh, and I'm not Alex Jones. Uh, I cannot talk for three and a half hours nonstop about nothing. Uh, I like to talk to MC and have a conversation with him. Um, so while he's on his trip, uh, enjoying Thailand uh, for this week and possibly next week as well, I'm pretty sure as how long he's going to be gone. Um, the show's going to suck for the most part, but we're going to produce content because that's what we do here, uh, especially now that we are on LRN.FM. Uh, you know, got, got, got to keep the show going before we get the boot this quickly in. Uh, unfortunately, that he had to take his vacation so soon into that run, uh, but it is what it is. Um, so please join us back in a couple of weeks, and the call-in lines will be working then, so I'm not going to give out the number this week, uh, but do call in uh, when we are back live doing the show uh, when MC returns, and we'll hear all about his trip to Thailand uh, and what's going on there. So, that being said, uh, let's get right into it. All right, well, before we get into it, can I just say real quick, um, not my tribe is a, is a thought that's been uh, running through my head uh, for the past couple weeks as I struggle to find a group uh, that I identify with uh, and have been for some time now. Um, and the latest was, you know, the, the uh, local libertarians, um, only because... Uh, I, I was meeting up with MC for an outside event uh, this past week, and it was, you know, a gathering with a, a speaker from the Libertarian, uh, or who self-identified as a Libertarian, and in, in waiting for the speaker to come on, I was just sitting there uh, listening to the other conversations going on around me in the room um, with other, you know, liberty-minded individuals, um, but mostly of the, the voting Libertarian type. Um and as I was sitting there, uh, you know, the, the person that I went to the, the, uh, the event with, you know, was like trying to goad me into interacting with these people. Um, and I don't know why, because I was starting to get angry at, at listening to them talk about how, you know, voting libertarian uh, in your local election is the way to like to change things and, and get more liberty, uh, you know, here in Hawaii specifically, because that's where we do the show from. Um, and I'm sitting there and I'm, I'm talking to her. I'm like, you know, are, are, you, are you trying to piss me off? You know, are you trying to make a thing out of this? Um, because for me, right, the thought goes through my head, well, this is clearly not my tribe, right? This, this is not the group of people that I, I uh, would associate with on a regular basis um, because we just, we, we although, although many of them are like so close, uh, like, you know, to the anarchist philosophy, Right. The, the, the mere fact that they still look to the state apparatus to change things um, is disappointing, to say the least. Um, and I will say this, you know, in, in talking with the, the speaker a little bit after the presentation was done, um, he made a point that I would generally agree with. And yet still, you know, knowing that that's the, the point. Right. Uh, still still gave the speech that he did about, you know, the libertarians and the libertarian party and, and what he's learned about, you know, going through with the message of freedom throughout his lifetime. And that was, you know, the, the, the pure libertarian message, um, 
is in alignment with what I would consider to be the anarchist message, right? The, the, the no government, self-ownership, uh, private property, um, and voluntary interactions amongst individuals. Like that's, you know, that's the common core uh, of, of what we would decide or what we would say is, you know, the, the, fundamental, um, the fundamental basis for an anarchist society or a libertarian society. And I go, great, right? Like, you know, you're almost, almost an anarchist, right? And he goes, well, it's kind of one and the same when you really, if you really think about it. And I go, I'll grant you that, right? But th then why give off, why present, um, and I, I didn't want to get into it with him, but, you know, this is the thoughts going through my head was like, why present, um, why, why present a libertarian message about, you know, uh, uh, about the libertarian party and local politics and, and getting involved in those groups and whatnot, um, when the when the real message is that of you know the uh, of the anarchist message right the, the anarchist experience right I'm 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 hammering this home even as we're on LRN.FM right which is mostly uh, libertarian shows and whatnot um, and and you know I've I've, I've heard them sh stray away from you know the the use of the words anarchy or anarchist um, because it, it conjures up certain things in the minds of the public uh, that you know that that are not associated with, uh, I guess, virtue and values and whatever. It's, it's the bomb throwing, um, you know, destructive anarchism, um, that they're, they're trying to stay away from. And I go, well, whatever, like I'm, I, I go to the root and that's kind of how it is. Um, and you know, I'm, and you know, if, if the bombs are being thrown at government buildings, I'm okay with that too. Right. Uh, it's, it's, it's the stupidity and the destruction of private property, um, that I have a, a general disdain for, but you know, they're, I guess what I'm trying to say is to get away from the message or get away from the root of anarchy or anarchism or the word anarchist uh, seems to me counterproductive. And so I go like anyone, anyone who's anyone who's like doing that work, right? Even if you, even if you're like on the, on the right path, right? Like you're given the message of freedom, liberty and all this, but you're going like, and don't forget to show up and vote for your candidate. Right. I go like, wow, man, not my tribe. Right. And, and I guess this whole, um, tribe mentality has come up more recently. And again, it's a, it's a way I understand that it is a way to group people, um, and to disengage yourself from others, you know, like, you know, the, the, the left tribe and the right tribe and the alt-right tribe and the, the liberal left and all that other stuff. And I, I don't, I, I've never fit in, in any of those. Uh, but you know, I, I, I respect my individuality as a human being. Um, but it's also, it's also nice to like, you know, to, to share things with people, uh, of whom you have common values. Um, and so my, my personal life is compartmentalized, uh, by those groups, right? Like, uh, you know, I, I hang out with some coworkers, right. And al al although they're like, also not my tribe, right. It's the, the things we have in common is like, yeah, we like, we, you know, we like to go to movies. Right. And, and we like to, you know, to hang out and do other stuff and play video games and that kind of stuff. So like I hang out with people to do those other things. Right. But it's it's not something, you know, there's still like an arm's length away from me uh, in, in terms of in terms of, you know, philosophy and whether or not I would really, you know, trust them um, beyond like the limited scope uh, of our interaction. You know, I've talked about it on the show before. Um, I've done some. Uh, personal growth and development work. Um, and at the time I was like, all right, you know, this, this is the tribe, right? These are the people that, uh, can respect 
the the position because they believe in self ownership. Um, they believe in you know personal responsibility, uh, and and also not my tribe, right? Because you know they they say those things, um, but when you know when when the boots hit the ground or push comes to shove or whatever whatever you want to say about it, they 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 still don't have the belief. Um, that you should be able to do what you want with your own things, right? They, they preach a message of personal responsibility and then they say, you know, get out there and vote, right? Or, or you know, here, here, support my candidate and all that other sense. So even that group, right? It's like, you know, okay, when, when we're doing certain things, you know, we can hang out and we can do the things, uh, but, but you, not my tribe, right? You, you, you were not the ones... You were you were not my people. You were just some people, acquaintances, not friends, right? And like uh, my my grandfather used to say, you know, I, I have a lot of acquaintances. I have very few friends um, because to him, you know, friends uh, are a whole separate circle of trust um, that you can depend on and you can count on. And there's not many people like that in the world. And you know, maybe maybe it's genetics uh, or learned behavior that I've gotten from him. Um, but I, I'm kind of similar in that way where. There's a lot of people that I hang out, I hang around with, that I talk to on a regular basis, um, and for the most part, uh, we coo, you know. Uh, but at the same time, um, there's no chance uh, that I would consider those people, you know, to 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 be my tribe, uh, or or to do anything more with. Um, and so when I say that, you know, the 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 not my tribe, I'm gonna hashtag that hashtag not my tribe. Um, what I'm what I'm really trying to say is like in my personal life. And my growth and my experiences uh, as the anarchist experience, um, I'm I'm searching for for people whom uh, I can get along with on a regular basis and enjoy the other things with the foundation at the fundamental philosophical level uh, of knowing that that we're on the same page morally, ethically. You know, don't hit people, don't take their stuff. You know, the the basic fundamentals, uh, voluntary interactions. And, you know, and, and no state coercion in our lives. And then after that, then we can talk about, you know, movies and comics and video games and all that other fun stuff. Um, but, like, you got to be there first, right? If you're, if you're not even there, then everything else to me seems uh, a little superficial at best. Um, and, and, you know, and again, we can talk and we can get along and we can go do stuff together. Uh, but they're like arm's length. You know, you, you, you were, we are not one and the same uh, we just have, you know, uh, a common interest. And that's another thing, right? So I'm at this thing, like, not my tribe. And one of the guy, you know, spouts out uh, when talking about um, his his preferred candidate or whatever, you know, they, I'm a single issue voter. You know, like, I will support you based on the one thing that's important to me. And, you know, my head just about exploded. Uh, but again, first first time there, I'm trying to keep my mouth shut. I'm just, I'm playing it cool. Mm, I'm in my moment of zen. Uh, you know, as, as I'm trying not to, to get furious and like shout these people down because I can do it here. I can shout them down here. There's nothing they can do about it because they don't even listen to this show yet. And if they do, not my tribe, but call in anyway next time. Um, but anyway, so, you know, when I go and, I'm, and again, I'm thinking to myself because I don't I don't want to get into an altercation or an argument or debate even at this point in time. I'm just like I'm, I'm, in, I'm just enjoying the moment. Um, but I go like what what how can that be? Uh, a, how can that even be like a libertarianish position when you'll, when you'll say like, you know, the one issue that's important to you, you'll like, you'll pick the candidate, even though, right. Every other position that they might have might be destructive and detrimental 
uh, to your freedom, to your liberty, and to society as a whole, uh, but you're willing to like give them a shot uh, simply because they, you happen to agree with them on one specific issue, uh, maybe. And that's even considering that they're even telling the truth on that one issue. Um, so I can't, I can't, I have difficulty imagining or putting myself in that position where I go like, oh no, that's the perfect way to get more freedom, to get more liberty, to, to like achieve the anarchist society, uh, is, is to like, you know, vote for the candidates based on one issue and one issue alone. Um, uh, and then, and then, and be cool about that. Like, all right, now, now that we got that one issue solved, now we can find like the next candidate with the next one issue and get them and we'll, we'll roll back the size of the state, uh, and reduce the government and get down to like zero government or as close to zero as possible, uh, one issue at a time over decades and millennia, you know, and, and it's like, man, come on, like burn it down. Just, you know, just, you know, that's, that's my general feeling, you know, uh, you know, uh, not, not private property, right. But the state, right. You know, um, if, if, if the state could be ended overnight, right. Let's do that and worry about the fallout later. Like I'm not concerned, uh, with, with the people who go like, well, people aren't ready for anarchy yet. People aren't ready for real libertarianism yet. So we can't just end the state overnight because what'll happen, what will happen to those poor, unfortunate souls, uh, when the state comes collapsing down, like what will they do and what will be in place for them? Uh, you know, once, once the state is gone and I go, I don't care, right? Like not my problem, <laughs> you know, not my tribe, not my problem. If the state can come to an end, let's bring it to a better end as quickly and as soon as possible and let those things sort themselves out, uh, either, either within a marketplace that forms beforehand or during or by just letting them fall off, right? Like, you know, casualties uh, of the, the anarchist war on the state, uh, if you will. Um, and it, it sounds bad, but I'm okay with those terms simply because uh, I'd, I'd rather, I would personally rather uh, let statists fall off as casualties in the war against the state um, than try to figure out how to keep them surviving uh, and, and brought along to our side later on down the line uh, because they're not ready uh, for for real freedom and a real liberty yet. Like I don't care. They're they're holding me back. They're they're a burden on me uh, achieving my liberty and my freedom uh, in in the world. Where if they if they pass away and fall along by the wayside, uh, so be it. I don't care. Not my concern. Um, and if I can find a tribe to join, where you know where where it's actually my tribe, uh, and, and we can just you know move along without them then that's fine too. Right. Um, and then, you know, so one of the discussions that I did have was, you know, uh, and, and I've said it on here before, right. The, 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 you have to interface with the state at some level, like in, in current modern day society, it's nary impossible, uh, to, to live the life of a hundred percent freedom of, with a hundred percent Liberty in every sense of the word. And if you go like, well, you're a hypocrite then, well then whatever, um, but I avoid the state as much as I possibly can. Uh, and, and I interface with the state as least as possible for me, right. Barring, barring, you know, like the conveniences in life. Like I go to the supermarket and I buy food and I pay the sales tax and I drive to the supermarket. So on the way home, I get gas and I pay the gas tax. Right. Um, but aside from that, right. Like I, I do as little interfacing with the state as I possibly can. Um, and, and like, I think that's like, that's the goal. 
and you know, if MC were here, uh, you know, we we'd, we'd probably be, be talking about Bitcoin already, um, because in his opinion, and he's said this before, so I don't think I'm I'm putting words into his mouth or, or miscommunicating his ideas. Um, using uh, cryptocurrency and investing in Bitcoin and getting away from the U.S. dollar is one of the best ways to minimize your interaction and your interfacing with the state because it allows you to conduct business on a purely voluntary level without you know you know without using the state's money or you know or the state's dollars um but what i the point i was getting at is like you know even if you go like well you have to live the life of pure anarchy before you can talk about it like you have to you know you have to go back into the wilderness and forage for berries and you know and hunt wild boar and do all this nonsense um you still interface with the state because the land that you would be wandering off into to forage your berries and hunt your wild boar, uh, the state would say they control. And we've talked about uh, stories here in the past uh, about people who have gone off into the wilderness, um, you know, and like to, to get away from it all um, and then been evicted from the wilderness, evicted from the wilderness uh, for trespassing on federal land. Right. So you can't even do that. Like it's uh, at some level, um, the state will force itself into your life. And the best that we can do is to interface with them as little as possible. And if I'm going to surround myself with people, um, you know, who, who I would prefer to interface with voluntarily, you know, I'd want them to have the same, uh, philosophical background, the same understanding about the state, uh, and it's, and it's harms and the detriment that it does to society in general, um, as me, right? Like, I, I don't want to have to worry about someone going like, oh, no, I just, I voted for that thing and now you're in trouble, you know, and, and then call themselves like, you know, my friend or a buddy or whatever. Um, so yeah, so there's, so, so what, so that's that. All right. That being said, let's get on with it. Reading the news, uh, headlines, Bernie to Americans. Sure. You'll all pay more taxes, but you'll get more free stuff. Headline because they can. Headline, mom jokes, three-year-old for sale, $12 or best offer, offer is investigated for child slavery. Uh, headline, does individual sovereignty preempt abusive government? Uh, headline, hospital won't let dad donate kidney to his sick two-year-old son because of gun arrest. Uh, headline, these doctors get fed up with insurance, now they treat their patients like valued customers. And finally, headline, a Florida man receives $37,500 settlement after cops mistook donut glaze for meth. Uh, we're going to start with the last one because a buddy of mine sent me this link uh, after I had already posted it as show prep as he is wont to do. Uh, he, he knows me well and knows that I like these, you know, weird uh, cop bus stories. Um, so he's always like slow on the ball. He sees it. He tags me in a post on Facebook and I go, yeah, dude, I already read this. It's already, uh, I already know what's going on. So anyway, Florida man receives $37,500 settlement after cops mistook donut glaze for meth. A Florida man received a $37,500 settlement after police arrested him mistaking Krispy Kreme donut glaze in his car for meth. A series of roadside drug tests yielded positive results for the street jug, landing him in jail for 10 hours. But another test determined it was only glaze from a Krispy Kreme donut. Uh, Dan Rushing, 65, was arrested in December 2015 following a traffic stop after Orlando Cop Corporal Shelby Rig Hopkins observed flakes on his floorboard, which he first suspected was crack, then crystal meth. Rushing insisted to officers it was sugar from Krispy Kreme donuts he'd eaten. 
I kept telling them that's glaze from a donut. They tried to say it was crack cocaine at first. Then they said, no, it's meth, crystal meth, he told the Orlando Sentinel. But the field test's positive result landed rushing in jail for 10 hours before he was able to post his $2,500 bond after being charged with possession of a methamphetamine as well as possession of a firearm. It took a second, more thorough test conducted by the Florida Department of Law Enforcement to show the flakes on his floorboard were sugar, not meth. In Riggs Hopkins' arrest report, she wrote he noticed a rock-like substance on the floorboard of Rushing's car and through several years of experience in law enforcement, recognized the substance as some sort of narcotic. I recognized through my 11 years of training and experience as a law enforcement officer the substance to be some sort of narcotic, she explained in her arrest report. Uh, Rushing, who sued the field test manufacturer along with the departments and city, said Officer Riggs Hopkins should have waited for the FDLE test, tested the substance before she arrested him. She received a written reprimand for arresting Russian, but the Orlando Police Department found no evidence she acted in bad faith, bad faith, according to the Sentinel. After the debacle, Orlando Police trained more than 700 officers on how to properly use the field test kits. Uh, Rushing, however, told the Sentinel the arrest made it challenging for him to move forward. I haven't been able to work, he explained. People go online and see you've been arrested. Uh, now Rushing told the Sentinel he still treats himself to Krispy Kreme donut once a week, uh, but no longer eats in his car. Now it should go without saying, right, that this this type of situation uh, wouldn't happen with the, the war on drugs. Um, no mention of the firearm uh, in the rest of the article, right, because this, this takes precedent. And, and even the firearm, um, he should have a right to carry, hold, possess, you know, whatever for self-defense or whatever. Um, because that's, you know, that's a, a private property rights issue. Um, but the war on drugs is the overarching bigger issue, uh, when dealing with this type of scenario, right? If it, if it weren't for that particular, uh, you know, crime against the public, um, they wouldn't have no bother to even care, uh, what the, what the, you know, mysterious substance was on the floorboard of his car, uh, let alone arrest the poor guy for it, um. Now, had he been driving, uh, you know, erratically or, you know, doing doing something else, you know, that w- would make them assume that he would be on drugs, uh, a case could be made uh, for public safety and that even under a private police force, um, he might be stopped and detained to find out, you know, w- what was causing his behavior. Um, but even that, I'm kind of, you know, I, I take even those arguments with a grain of salt because it really depends uh, if, if we're talking about, you know, the, the anarchist utopia, the libertarian paradise. Uh, if we're really talking about that, we're talking about, you know, the, the wishes of the private property road owner or the private road owner uh, to see if that's even a thing that they would even care about. And I'm sure safety is something that would be, you know, high on their list uh, for, you know, productivity and profitability of the roadway. But if no one is causing any harm to anybody else, uh, who cares if they have uh, crack cocaine, methamphetamine, or Krispy Kreme donuts uh, in their vehicle and what they're doing with it? Uh, you know, I'm a, I'm a big fan of, you know, the, the functional user, right? The, the person who can, who can function at work and get the job done and do whatever, uh, whether or not they've used substances or are currently under the, uh, under the influence of a substance, uh, no matter what that substance is, you know, to, to me, I go like, well, can you get the job done? And if you can, then, you know, no harm, no foul. It's, it's when, you know, you become a danger or a detriment, uh, to the work environment or to your, your safety or another person's safety, um, that an employer, 
right, should have the, the ability to say, no, 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 uh, sorry, you're not going to be able to, you individually are not going to be able to use that substance here because you cannot function uh, on the job under the influence. Um, you know, and I, and, uh, I work in a, a couple of restaurants and there's always like, you know, the, the joking around, you know, like, oh, just go get a drink from the bar. Right. And I'm like, well, go for it. Like, what do I care? Can you cook? Can you cook while drunk? Right. You know, can you, or, or, you know, um, not necessarily drunk, but, uh, buzzed. Can, can you do, can you function buzzed under the influence of alcohol or whatever, uh, or stoned? And then, you know, by all means go ahead. Right. Like who cares? I don't care. You're you're not going to hurt me uh, because I'm I'm you know cautious of my in my own right about my own safety. Um, and if you hurt yourself while under the influence, you know then so be it as well. You know, that's that's part of taking personal responsibility. Um, I forget when it came up, but someone I think someone got injured at work or something. Um, and I was like, damn, that's unfortunate because like the first thing they're probably going to do is like drug test him. You know, just as that that's that's how you know that's how the companies. Uh, you work for like, you know, waive their liability to, to providing a, a hazardous work environment. Should you injure yourself, uh, on the job, it's like, go, go get drug tested Cause if you were under the influence, totally on you, man. Uh, and sometimes that may be the case, but it's, you know, sometimes I think, and, and again, this is where I stray from, you know, the, the, the 100% pure, um, you know, corporate mentality when it comes to the, the, uh, anarcho-capitalist philosophy, I go, well, there, there's something to be said for workers' rights. Uh, not necessarily like rights in and of itself, but you know the the ability for workers um, to to choose to be in a safe environment um, and to come together with each other to make sure uh, you know that 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 they collectively can bargain uh, for those safe spaces, right? Because you know an individual who stands alone uh, against the boss is quickly thrown out, um, and I've seen that enough and and on numerous occasions. Uh, almost, you know, in, in uh, filling my own shoes in that respect where you go like, well, I don't, I don't like that policy change. Um, but if we all stand up, you know, against that policy change, then the owner, you know, will, will have to take notice of our grievance. Um, but if we don't all stand up to it, well, then I'm going to be the only one and I'm going to be out the door and you guys are going to get stuck with a, a, a shit policy. Um, and that's one of the reasons why I work at two different restaurants, as I've shared on the show before. Um, I, I had a disagreement with management when they changed the policy uh, on our stop time, on the time we can get off of work. Um, and, you know, I, and I said, no, I, I, I can't work under those conditions. I need to know when I'm done because I have other obligations and I, I control my time outside of when you scheduled me to work. Uh, and then I get a text, you know, so I, I left, uh, I, I not left completely, um, but I cut back my shifts and my availability for that particular restaurant and went and found another one that's more agreeable to my terms uh, as a worker. Um, and then I got a, a text the other night from one of my former or still co-workers, but I don't work the same shift that he does anymore from the original restaurant. Uh, and he was telling me like, you know, he, it, it was almost an hour uh, past his stop time, right? You know, the you know uh, kitchen closes uh, at 1130, you know, clean up until midnight and then you should be out of there. And it was almost one o'clock in the morning and he was texting me saying he was still at work uh, because of the new policy. You know, he, he wasn't allowed to leave when his time was up. Uh, he had to stay and, you know, get the job done uh, per the per the orders of the owner. Uh, so I kind of felt bad for that. But at the same time, I go, well, you guys would have stood with me, you know, against this ridiculous policy uh, when when your stop time ended. You know, if you've got other things to do or, you know, if you just want to leave. Right. Because none of their business, what you do after work, um, just go ahead. And, you know, you could have left, uh, but no, no one stood with me. So I'm on the outs uh, and they're stuck 
uh, working well past, uh, you know, an, a, in my opinion, an acceptable hour. Now, if he was agreeable to it and wanted to get paid, you know, a little bit overtime, uh, perfectly fine. Uh, but not giving, not having that option or given that choice uh, is what I have a, a, a problem with. Circling back to the article, because I have a tendency to stray, especially when I'm on my own and I just can rant and ramble. Uh, circling back to the article, one of the other things that uh, I found interesting uh, pointing out in the article was, you know, the cop claiming 11 years uh, of, of experience on the job. Uh, after 11 years of on the job uh, work and training and, you know, and all this, uh, she still can't identify, uh, you know, or, or observe the difference uh, between a narcotic and, you know, sugar frosting. Right. Like what, what does that tell you uh, about, you know, the, the training that cops undergo to be cops or, you know, the, the state's care uh, in making sure that those things are, are able to deal with uh, that the, the officers are able to deal with those things out in the field. Right. 11 years on the job. Like if you were doing your job for 11 years and you couldn't tell the difference between like drugs and, and frosting, uh, I would say either poor training or poor judgment on your part. Um, and more than just a reprimand uh, should, should be at hand. Uh, but again, it just goes to show, like, you know, we, we, we've shared articles in the past before about the limited training that cops undergo uh, to become cops and how if you want to be a hairdresser in some areas, uh, you, you have to put in more hours of training, uh, you know, to, to, to function as, as a hairdresser in whatever field that happens to be. But no, these cops, 11 years on the force. And I, I, it was my 11 years of experience and dedication to the force uh, that I, I still can't tell the difference uh, between Krispy Kreme donuts and crack cocaine or methamphetamine. Um, the other curious part about that was how the field test uh, determined that it was drugs to begin with, right? Does nobody care about that anymore? Like they're, they're out there arresting people, uh, on, on, you know, false, false pretenses to begin with, right? Like they, they shouldn't even be out there searching for drugs, uh, anyway. Uh, and then, you know, because they can't actually find any real ones, you know, any, any sort of like, you know, something close, some, a close, similar substance, uh, will turn up positive on a field test so they can get their arrest numbers up. Right. Just, just another reason, uh, why, you know, the, the, the war on cops, uh, if you want to call it that is a just war, uh, because how many, pe how many innocent people end up in jail, um, and then, you know, in prison, right after conviction, uh, because of some bad evidence, uh, put forth by the, by the police officer in, in, you know, in the trial and, and, and in the field, right. I just, you know, recently came across an article, um, uh, that I didn't use the show press, but whatever. Oh no, it wasn't an article. It was a, just like one of those, uh, like a meme. It was a meme. Uh, that basically said, you know, the, the cops are trained to lie to you uh, in the field to get an arrest. Uh, what makes you think they won't lie on the stand to get a conviction? Um, so it's just it's an entire it's an entire industry and the enforcement arm of the state that is just as dirty as can be and as corrupt as can be uh, with the only goal to like prop up their numbers. Uh, and, you know, it, it doesn't even matter how many innocent people they take along with them or put in jail as long as they reach their quotas, they hit their marks uh, and their, you know, their prison cells are filled or overfilled. Right. Because they don't really care uh, about you. And I seen uh, another thing, you know, where yeah, fucking cops always get me, uh, you know, about how it's, it's just the officer's goal to like, you know, get home safely to his family. And if if you had the same goal, you'd get home safely to yours. But no. Right. It, it may be a goal to get home safely to your family and him getting home safely to his. But anytime they pull you over, right, you are immediately in imminent danger uh, for your life 
because you don't know which cop is rogue and which cop shares the goal of just getting home peacefully and safely to his family. Uh, and I would say the best thing that you can do to get home safely to your family is to, to, to defend yourself against that encroachment with whatever force is necessary to repel it. Um, now that being said, I've been arrested a number of times and for the most part, uh, have gone relatively peacefully. Um, and I haven't had, you know, I, I haven't had the uh, opportunity, uh, to defend myself, uh, with lethal force against the police. Um, but it isn't, it's, it should always be an option on the table, uh, if they start to escalate things. Like I, I, I would have, I would personally have no issue, um, you know, forcefully resisting what I would consider to be a, an unlawful arrest, uh, if I felt that I was going to be harmed, uh, before I got, you know, before I got a chance to get out. Um, and I think it's, you know, it's, it's a personal determination, but I think a lot of times, you know, when, when, you know, the, when the cop says like, you know, where's your license? And the guy reaches for the license and they get shot, right? Like that's, that's not a cop trying to get home safely to his family. And that's not a guy trying to be like, you know, non-compliant with the officer. Uh, that, that's a rogue cop and a guy who's, you know, doing his best to achieve that goal of getting home safely to his family. Uh, but once those shots are fired, uh, you know, all bets are off and, you know, uh, survival should kick in. And if he, if he can, you know, maneuver or move uh, after being shot or in, and somehow get away or protect himself even fur from further damage, uh, I would say utilize that as much as possible. All right, moving on. Headline, Bernie to Americans. Sure, you'll all pay more taxes, but you'll get more free stuff. Uh, Vermont Senator Bernie Sanders, the runner-up for the Democratic Party's nomination for president in 2016, told an audience on CNN Wednesday night that Americans would be happy to pay more in federal income taxes if he could just explain to them it would mean they'll get more free, quote-unquote, government benefits, including health care, child care, and college. As DailyCallers.com's Derek Hunter details, in a televised debate against Texas Senator Ted Cruz, Sanders told the audience that the American people would support his economic vision if only he were able to explain it to them. If we can explain to people, yeah, you're going to be paying more in taxes, it's going to be a progressive tax system, Sanders told the crowd. Uh, the, wealth, the wealthy are going to pay their fair share, not the middle class, not the working class, but everybody will pay some more. Uh, but you're going to get free health care, and maybe you're going to get free child care, and maybe your kids are going to be able to go to college tuition-free. You know what? You're going to be better off than under Ted's system. Uh, Sanders recently introduced a Medicare for All bill that extends that extend the government-run health insurance program for the elderly and disabled to all Americans. His bill, which has garnered support from the one-third of the Democrats in the U.S. Senate, would extend benefits not only to all Americans, but to illegal aliens as well. Additionally, as Justin Caruso reported, Cruz said, let me just ask, since this is a tax debate, what is the difference between a socialist and a Democrat on taxes? Uh, Sanders paused for several seconds before saying, well, I don't know the answer to that because I don't know. Uh, Cruz cut him off saying, I don't know either. Uh, Sanders then launched into a sales pitch on democratic socialism saying, but here's what I think. As a democratic socialist, similar to the people of Denmark and Sweden and Norway and Finland, People who have, by and large, a much higher standard of living than we have. People who guarantee health care to all the people as a right. Uh, where kids have free, free preschool education. Where retirement benefits are much more generous than the United States. He added, I believe that in a civilized society, people, especially those on top, should be asked to pay their fair share so that every man, woman, and child in our country can have a decent standard of living. Uh, end of the article. 
This is another one of those interesting things. Like, who decides, first of all, who decides what the fair share is, right? Because you've made more money, your fair share is more than that of someone who makes a little bit of money. So you work hard, uh, you earn a living, and they reap the benefits because that's what's fair. Is that is that you know is that what he said? And then all all the free government stuff, right? So you know, uh, any any time there's the quote unquote free government benefits, right? You have you have to trace that uh, that free thing to who actually pays, right? Because nothing's free. Uh, someone pays. It's just usually if you're if you're a recipient of government benefits, uh, the answer to that question is usually not you, right? You're not paying for it, uh, but someone is. That cost is deferred uh, to someone else. In this case, uh, according to Bernie Sanders, to the wealthy people uh, who who have who have the means and expectation, I guess, uh, to pay for your stuff. Be- because why? Uh, be- because they earned it, and you didn't. But because you're incapable of earning it on your own, uh, you have to reach out and take the handout uh, from from someone who you know has earned it, uh, and and call that their fair share. Uh, I think the funny part uh, in this whole thing was the part where Ted Cruz cut him off. Right? Like I, I don't know the difference either. Um, and in my opinion, uh, I don't think there's a significant difference uh, between the two either. And I've, I've said again, I, I keep reiterating things that I've already said on the show. Uh, you know, Bernie Sanders is your, uh, your typical, your by definition, your prototypical uh, national socialist, right? Because he, he's, you know, he, he considers himself a democratic socialist, um, you know, by, by self-description, um, and yet only for Americans, right? When we asked, you know, uh, if you would extend those things to, to other countries, and, and, and so, you know, America would pay their fair share to the rest of the world to help those poor people, uh, he admittedly said, uh, you know, that it doesn't work like that. It, w- it wouldn't work like that. You know, the, our socialism is for us and us alone, um, which, again, in, in, you know, makes him, by definition, a nationalist. Um, so, so Bernie Sanders is your typical national socialist, i.e. Nazi, uh, out there pitching this stuff, uh, trying to get, you know, the, 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 the Sanders youth uh, to rally behind him. So they can go after the elites who have all the money and all the means and all that uh, so that they can get free stuff that they didn't work for, didn't earn, and, and in my opinion, don't deserve. Uh, and yet, and yet, you know, he's, he's supposed to be the one, like, right, they, they, they associate the Nazis uh, with, you know, with the, the alt-right side, right? It's, it's, a, it's a right philosophy because they also happen to be racist uh, on occasion. But in reality, this, this is clearly uh, a leftist democratic policy uh, of, of national socialism for all. Uh, only in America, right? At, at the detriment uh, to those who actually uh, work for the work for a living or, or you have the wealth, um, who who have have by one means or another uh, acquired you know vast uh, vast amounts of wealth. Um, and if you're a big fan of you know Atlas Shrugged, right? They've already paid their fair share uh, back to society uh, by providing the goods and services uh, if they earned it legitimately by providing the goods and services which allow them to acquire that much wealth. Uh, now, if you're, you know, if they if they happen to acquire it, uh, you know, from from crony capitalism or using the government to to hold back competition uh, and restrict uh, competitors from entering the marketplace and providing goods and services uh, fairly on an equal playing field, um, then yeah, sure, they 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 haven't earned it, they don't deserve it, um, and you know, do what you want with those. Um, but a lot of times it it ends up being you know the average you know the average Joe uh, small business owner 
who who's forced out of business by these you know ridiculous policies uh, because even the elites find a way to either get around it or to pay it uh, and the smaller people end up you know holding the bag uh, at the end all right moving right along here's another short little article because they can uh, as if sexually assaulting passengers and stealing their valuables isn't enough torment the tsa constantly dreams up new harassment uh, its latest is requiring serfs to place all electronics larger than a mobile phone in bins for x-ray screening. Why? Uh, because our rulers can so order. That's why. Uh, TSA officials say planning for the new procedures has been going on for about two years, and it's not linked to imminent terrorist threat. Uh, did you catch that? This nonsense has been incubating for two years. Can any of the TSA's morons explain why no planes have blown up over the last 24 months if measures that aren't linked to any imminent terrorist threat are so necessary? And if they aren't, then why force folks to, oh, oh wait, I already answered that. Uh, meanwhile, this lunacy has caused serious delays at every airport that's rolled it out. Uh, how much longer and how many more aggravations until the sheeple demand the Cretinous TSA's abolition? This is another one of those issues that I wish poor, more people would get upset about. Especially travelers. Um, but I myself, who ha don't take very many trips, uh, just don't want to bother like with the delays and the hassles and the whatnot. Because, I, you know, if, if I was traveling like more frequently than maybe just, you know, just to get them to get used to me. Um, but I don't travel enough and I don't I don't want the hassle of, you know, it, it's too expensive for me to like to, to miss a flight somehow or miss where I'm going to be because if I travel, it's going to be something important. So it's, it's too much of a hassle to, to bother to fight this on a regular basis. Um, so I'm guilty of like not fighting it too. But at the same time, if more people were to make a big deal out of this, especially regular travelers or just all the time, right? Like if airlines had a, you know, some sort of TSA policy in there uh, where, you, you know, you wouldn't have to get to the airport so darn early uh, to make sure that you can make a fuss about this and still make your flight uh, or you could get rebooked on the next flight or something like that. Um, then I think that this, you know, could become more uh, of an issue. I remember, you know, when TSA first rolled out the body scanners, um, there was, you know, activist galore going like, we will not fly or we won't fly. And, you know, look at this and they're, they're filming us nude and all that other stuff. Um, and just like every other, you know, encroachment uh, by the state throughout history, uh, it is soon forgotten, right? It is soon forgotten. It, 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 it's added to the list of things that are, appear to be normal uh, in the world. Um, and then everyone just goes, oh, that's just how it is, right? It's, it's always it's just how it is. Uh, you go to the airport and you get scanned by TSA. Oh, it's just how it is. Uh, you expect delays when you get to the airport. Oh, just because it's, you know, T TSA. It's TSA is the culprit. We all know we all know who it is. Um, but that's just the way it is. So that nothing ever gets done uh, about that, you know, that encroachment on, on privacy and liberties and whatnot. Um, and so it just, it's just, it's frustrating uh, to, to, you know, to know that it's happening, to see it happening, to read articles like this. And I love, I love the way, uh, this author writes the articles, Becky Akers. Uh, so I read her articles, you know, frequently on the show because, you know, she, the, the vitriol that you can feel and her hatred for the state is emanated, uh, in her writings. Um, so I, I like reading it. I like, I like, uh, you know, putting it on the show, a show prep, but it's just, it's just the, the frustration and the anger that builds up has to be more than just a handful of people going like, look at what they're doing. Uh, it has to be those that they're, that they're doing it to, to also rise up and say, no longer will you do this to me. Um, uh, and then maybe, maybe we can see some change. 
right? Because you know, zero terrorists caught. Uh, but how many, you know, there's other articles out there where how many, uh, you know, uh, TSA agents uh, arrested for stealing stuff out of people's suitcases or going through, you know, or, or you know, just being just bad people. Uh, and it's just an, another one of those examples where you look at it and it goes, you know, well, power attracts the corruptible or the corrupt to begin with. Right. You know, the, the people the people know how much power the TSA agents have uh, in their regular jobs. And, and those people that want to get away with stealing stuff, right, and they're not smart enough to join, like, you know, the, the real state government where, where the elite thieves are at, you know, they join these low-level government ranks where they're still protected uh, by being state agents. They still carry their sewn-on badge of power. Uh, I am the almighty TSA. Uh, and then they can get away with harassing people, molesting women, molesting children, sexually assaulting people, and stealing, rifling through your things because you're not even allowed to lock it uh, anymore. And even if you do, all the suitcases now have the TSA lock, which they can just easily unlock because, hey, we're the TSA and we have to be able to rifle through your things at a moment's notice. Um, th that those people who want to do those things will just find a way to get jobs with the TSA. So it's a, it's a cycle that, you know, it's a downward cycle uh, that will just continue onward uh, until somebody, you know, all of us, more than just, you know, Becky and a handful of other, you know, faithful we won't fly travelers or, or you know, opt-outers, um, you know, th that need to go through this uh, in, in order for any sort of difference to be made, right? Like e even the end of her article was how many more, aggravate, how, how many more aggravations until the sheeple demand that Cretanist TSA's abolition? Well, my answer is prob probably quite a bit, right? It doesn't seem like it's a thing that's going to be going away anytime soon. It doesn't, you know, and, and they, you know, along with these policies, right, the TSA has expanded to buses uh, and other modes of transportation, you know, f for the safety of the country and all whatever nonsense, uh, whatever security theater they're spouting off at, a, at that moment. Uh, but it, it's probably going to be a lot of sheeple. Because, you know, p p the average Joe, myself included, right, just does not want to get hassled any more than is necessary. Like, I do my best. I don't say anything to those people. I don't smile at them. No, please. No, thank you. Just give me my stuff. I'm on my way. Leave me alone. Get the hell out of here. Oh, what's that secondary screening? Oh, this is going to be fun. Opt out, opt out. You know, and, you know, and then, and then you get to shout it. And, you know, they, they harass you even more uh, when you do that. So the average person just goes, well... I don't travel enough, right? One flight out of how many per year, you know, run me through the, the you know, run me through the cancer machine. Uh, and hopefully I won't get, you know, I won't get caught up in it. Uh, but just make sure I make my flight. That's the only thing, right? Please make sure I make my flight is the only thing they're thinking. Uh, to the point, to the point where oddly enough, right? The, the, I don't know how this is not a bigger strategy or maybe it is. And I'm just, you know, lost in the shuffle. Uh, oddly enough, if you're in the TSA line, and the line's like ridiculously long or whatever. Um, I've seen, you know, uh, agents come up. I don't remember if they're TSA or, you know, airline agents come up and like wave people through. Like, oh, if your flight is leaving soon, uh, you can get fast tracked uh, through the TSA line. Right. Like, oh, no, I, no, I got to I got to make my flight. Please rush me to the front of the line I, so I can skip all this nonsense. Uh, and I'm not I'm not sure how that's not a strategy at this point to like, you know, to take your chances, uh, show up late and just cut in front of everybody. Uh, you know, because they'll fast track you through. Um, now, I myself, you know, everyone knows at this point that I, I suffered an injury uh, a few years ago uh, now. Um, and so the last couple flights I took, I was handicapped through. 
And boy, did that save us some time, right? You know, like let, let, let me, th- let me bypass TSA, you know, in a wheelchair, you know, with my leg, uh, I'll bust it up and, you know, uh, carrying my cane, carrying my crutches, carrying whatever. Um, and then let me on the plane first, <laughs> you know, the, the delays on the other side, right? Let me on the plane first so I can get my, get in my seat, get my bags up. Uh, and then the delays on the other side when you get off the plane, cause I got to get off last. Uh, but even then I get carted everywhere and by the, you know, you get off last, you still got to wait for baggage. So no big deal, but I just don't know how I have, I don't know how more people haven't figured out like showing up late can be a, 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 a viable strategy for bypassing, you know, TSA quickly and not getting caught up in those lines. Uh, if the, if the airport you're working at has agents willing to rush you through to make sure you don't miss your flight, um, yeah, but whatever. We, you know, if you get rid of the TSA, uh, airlines will still have security of some kind. Um, but at least then you can, you know, it, it'll be something that's not so overbearing. Um, and and air, airlines would have to fight uh, for consumers and, and you know, and, and customer money uh, based on, you know, customer service, customer satisfaction uh, and convenience, as opposed to just, you know, the one size fits all. We're going to molest everybody as you get on an airplane uh, method of security that we currently have today. All right, this next one is pretty lengthy, so I may not offer that much commentary, but here we go. Uh, Does individual sovereignty preempt abusive government? Uh, Once you accept that you are not sovereign, it is just a matter of maneuvering for governments to do whatever they want. They don't play by any rules, but they force you to follow them. Some governments do this by blunt force. Other governments do it by controlling the media narrative. Still others twist the law to fit their purpose and appear legitimate. Uh, Most use a combination of tactics to keep people compliant. In America, governments and corporations like to pretend there is some sort of objective law. They spend time in legislatures and courts determining what will pass as legal and what will not. But it is basically just a silly dance. They are trying different combinations to unlock the do-whatever-the-hell-they-want box. Uh, Certain dance moves are preferred by the populace who are easily entranced. Uh, money to pay lawyers and lobbyists help to sell as legitimate, and political connections help too. But for the everyday citizen or small business owner, the deck is stacked against you. For instance, the Constitution is pretty clear about citizens being allowed to own guns as well as run businesses. Supposedly, laws must be applied evenly. But San Francisco wants to ban gun stores. They can't just go and ban gun stores. They have to be clever. So they think up an ordinance. Somehow, local laws can stomp all over people's property rights. Citizens have accepted that. They make a local code that says gun stores cannot operate within 500 feet of a school, liquor store, bar, or residential district. They have performed a dance that San Franciscans accepted. It seems to make sense. Guns don't seem to mix well with alcohol or children. Yet now, all all San Francisco has to do is make sure one of those things occurs at least every thousand feet, and they have effectively banned gun stores. They can make anything they want a residential district. This is probably already a bar or liquor store every thousand feet, and an appeals court just upheld the ban, saying the Second Amendment does not guarantee gun owner gun store owners have the right to locate anywhere they wish. Uh, do any of us have a right to locate anywhere we wish? Or must everything be approved by the government? Couldn't this argument also be used for gun owners? Or for that matter, couldn't this argument be used for any of our rights? The arbitrariness of laws is what gives rise to corruption and discrimination. This is the same philosophy that allows certain corporations to get special subsidies and tax breaks. This is the underlying logic behind government-enforced racial segregation. If the government gets to slice up the population and decide who will get to exercise what rights and where, then there are no rights. 
If the government can arbitrarily make special rules for segments of society, then there is no objective rule of law. So private property doesn't really exist, does it? Local governments can restrict what you can do with the land and require permits if you want to move a pebble, and they charge you yearly rent they call property taxes. If we accept that they have this control over us, what's the use of complaining about this particular law or that particular law? It's all based on whims, and our preferences just relate to what is best for us. The corporations' and politicians' preferences relate to what is best for them. Guess whose benefit is going to win? Rejecting any authority over our lives preempts this idea that we can be arbitrarily controlled by this little ordinance or that little code. Uh, those little things are what opens the door to an unequal society. It is what allows governments to put the fix for corporations and cronies. Uh, that being said, it is easy enough to move out of San Francisco and choose a better place. The real problem comes when rules are enforced on such a large scale that there is hardly any alternatives to choose from. So why continue the dance? Why make San Francisco go to court to defend their terrible ordinances? Uh, why not just let local jurisdictions do what they want to do? If people see a benefit to living in such close quarters and voluntarily decide to submit to a local government, so be it. I would prefer to let cities and towns be as draconian as they wish if it meant not allowing bigger government to come down in support of them. Uh, when, it comes, when it comes to living in such close quarters, there are obviously going to be more rules in order to prevent clashes uh, a sovereign individual could accept that and voluntarily suppress some of his own interests for whatever other whatever benefit he sees in living there. This option would always exist to go somewhere without other people and therefore not have to compromise your way of life. This too would have benefits and detriments as sovereign individuals could weigh. Uh, people who think and act sovereign will allow the real innovations to occur. Their lives are experiments in how to be free and not accept arbitrary and unlimited authority from above. And the best part is, they are already operating, testing limits, and trying new styles of living. Uh, tell me in the comments how sovereign do you think it is, people, blah, blah, blah. End of the article. All right, I'm starting to fade, so this is probably going to be the last article that I read. Uh, but I will say this regarding the article. Um, for me, it's about uh, not compromising what is acceptable, right? There, And I want to distinguish between accepting... Um, accepting the way things are uh, versus allowing things to be that way. Uh, because, you know, like, as I talked about at the beginning of the show, when, when I said, like, not my tribe, uh, when it comes to voting libertarians and people that want to use the political process to get more freedom, right? It's, it's one thing to say that, you know, th this is the way we get, this is the way we get to be, have more freedom, um, by making sure that, you know, we're either running for office or electing individuals on whatever issues that we want uh, that will, will grant us uh, more freedom, right? And, and versus what I'm trying to say is that we don't allow that premise to occur, right? Like if, if we say, no, 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 I am free because I say I'm free and because I have the natural right uh, to be free as so long as I can defend that right uh, against encroachment, right, then 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 those arguments kind of wash away right now. I also said that it's, you know, it's, it's nary impossible uh, to not interface with the state in some way. So if you are forced to interface with the state, then yes, you know, it's in your benefit uh, to do what is, what is in your best interest uh, when, when that interface occurs. But I would not suggest, uh, you know, I would not suggest using the government uh, to get what you want at the detriment of somebody else. Right. I would say interface with them as little as possible 
and I wouldn't allow for a premise, uh, like the article said, where, well, it would be better if we had like smaller governments, then we could move around um, and just deal with the smaller governments. I wouldn't allow that. Uh, I wouldn't allow that premise. Uh, I would say it would be better if we had no government. Right. And as long as we're working in a direction uh, for more freedom, why don't we just set the goal where it should be? And that is 100 percent freedom, you know, complete liberty, uh, the absence of, uh, of an entire uh, an absence of a state in its entirety uh, and just be free to interact amongst each other's as voluntary individuals are want to do. Um, and, and, and let that let that be the goal. Let that, that be the beacon uh, that gets shined out. Um, not not how can not how can we operate, uh, you know, within the confines of the state or how can we get around, uh, you know, the, the, the you know, the 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 arduousness uh, that the state puts on you. Right. You know, find the loopholes. Like I'm, I don't know if I've mentioned this yet uh, for for the LRN crowd. Um, I'm a big fan of agorism. Right. I, I think, you know, if you can start a business or, or do some work uh, outside of the state's purview, um, then by all means, please make it happen. Uh, you know, to benefit all, uh, don't let them get involved in those transactions. Uh, but but don't say that, you know, don't don't have the excuse be, well, the reason I'm doing this uh, is so that I can get a better position within what I accept to be, you know, the state's purview. Right. Say, like, no, no, no. The state has no purview uh, to rule over me. And, and I do this in defiance of those who claim to be my rulers, of those who claim to be the authority over me, of those who, who want to control my life and what I do with it. And I do this in defiance of that, right? I do this because I am already free and I can act as sovereign uh, as I want to be. Um, and I don't, need, I don't need a ruler, large or small, to come over me uh, and, and, you know, and, and to, to compete for my citizenship, right? Like that's not, that's not what I'm looking for. I'm not looking for that. Uh, and I, I want to be you know, off on my own in the wilderness if necessary, as long as it has Wi-Fi so I can do this. Um, you know, but I, I want to be able to do that uh, on my own, absent the state, um, not not working with the state as best I can, right? And I think you know, uh, again, um, you know, if, if they're they're so popular now, it's hard to avoid. Uh, you know, talking about the those on the alt right, um, who whose goal has you know the 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 former libertarians or former anarchists who've now joined the ranks of the alt right. Right, who goes, whose goal is like, well, no, you know, if we get rid of the leftists and we, and we get rid of the state, um, then we can have our, you know, our privileged alt-right or alt-right, all-white uh, society. I go, well, you know, th their goal is now to like use the state to get rid of the leftists, right? And then what? And then, then you still got the state to deal with, right? I'm, I'm saying eliminate the state. Right. Don't 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 fall victim to the we need to we need to join the state to take out our other enemies uh, in order to to win control uh, over our lives. Right. I'm saying in defiance of the state and in the face of your enemies uh, can take control of your over your lives anyway uh, and be damned if they come after you, uh, because hopefully you have enough friends uh, to to repel that invasion and that encroachment. Uh, That'll do it for me. I, I think I'm going to wrap this up. I'm, I'm pushing the time, and it might be a little bit short for the hour mark, but who cares? It's my show. Uh, uh, so thank you very much for listening, everybody. You guys know where to find us, uh, anarchistexperience.com. Uh, the call-in numbers are up there, so when we are doing the show uh, live and, and uh, able to call in again, you guys know where to find that. Uh, Facebook.com slash anarchistexperience. Uh, if you want to check out the show prep, or please add some of your own uh, so I have something else to look over during the week. Uh, we do that uh, also on Facebook in the groups, facebook.com slash groups slash anarchist experience. Uh, and if you find this show valuable, 
and you like listen to it you love the sound of my voice the dulcet tones and you know even when mc's here you like the sound of his voice and want to contribute to the show financially uh we do all that through patreon currently uh patreon.com slash the anarchist experience thank you very much for listening and i'll talk to y'all next week uh you know at, at some point in time and hopefully the following week is when we'll be live again so thank you very much again we'll talk to y'all next week peace